Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Whew, I don't even know where to start today, man. This is just unbelievable. The other day, I think it was yesterday, which I think I was listening to... The radio. I listen to AM radio, by the way, just like you guys do. Every day, all day long. I love to hear people tell us how the world works. And I was listening, somehow I got on a financial planner, just, just you know, tumbling through the stations, and I ran into a financial planner radio show. Two guys. Both of them sound pretty young. But what they were talking about, it was almost like they were crying on the radio. I mean, literally it sounded like they were crying. I've never heard such a radio show in my entire life. I don't know who the guys are. I, I guess I should have probably just tried to listen long enough to figure out who they were. I've never heard of them or who they are. I've never heard their show before. But man, they were two of the worst losers I've ever heard. And by the way, if anybody uh, hears this show and knows who the guys are, give me a ring because I like to give people credit for being bad. Send me an email at, at askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com if you have anything to, to comment. Maybe you are those guys. <laughs> if you're, then come, please contact me. I'd love to go on the radio and talk with you. Just, it's unbelievable. But these little crybabies came up with this statement. The, the essence of their show was, there's no such thing as passive income. And they took that and proceeded to take that in multiple different directions, all of which were crybaby concepts, which said that they don't know how to create passive income. To them, there's no such thing as passive income. And they quoted some guy who said that, you know, I guarantee you there is no such thing as passive I don't know who, he, who they quoted, because whoever that guy is, he's an idiot also. Unless you're just trying to get down to the realistic reality that the checks I get in the mail each month, and there are a few checks I get for big deals, I have to go deposit those checks. Now, I don't do anything with taxes, toilets. Well, actually, I do. So if you want to get down to the argument of it, yes, once a year I have to pay my taxes. And once a month, I take in rent checks, and they come in, and I deposit them. Now, that's not on my apartment complexes, because there's people on location that do that for me. And it's not in my larger companies, because the companies I have are all run by a CFO. And the CFO has an accounting staff, and they take care of all the bills and the payments and everything. I don't do anything there. So, gosh... I guess I do work when I deposit those checks. And, you know, the truth of the matter is I probably could contact the people and say, don't send me checks, send me, just wire the money into my account. A lot of, most of my money comes in through wires. Even the paycheck I take for doing this radio show, 
out of my Lifestyles Unlimited real estate investor. Uh, Lifestyles Unlimited is a mentoring. It's an education and mentoring program. I pay myself out of that company as a salary to do the radio shows. Now, I make profit on the company also, but that's not, that's passive. The profit's passive because I don't work in the company. I do the radio shows and I pay myself to do that. So, other than that, you have to realize that my loan work is to take these checks and deposit them in the bank. So, if you really want to get down to it, guys, you're right. There is no such thing as passive income. That's a lot of work to take those checks in and deposit them. On the other hand, if you want to be realistic about what we're talking about here, is that you're a complete idiot. And every financial planner out there that doesn't know there is such a thing as passive income is an idiot. And if you want to call them, or if you are one and you want to debate me, let's go for it. I'll do it live, I'll do it on the radio, I'll do it in public. And the reality is, is as I bring up one, two, five, ten, fifty, a hundred people that have retired in two, three, four years, five years, seven years, and you can't supply a single person that you retired because of what you did for them, not what they saved up and put into accounts, but what you did for them. You didn't take their hundred thousand and turn it into a million. That's what doing real estate correctly can do. You didn't do that. You just took the 100000 put it in the stock market, and let it ride. I could go down to the casino and let it ride. We could take anybody's money and gamble it away that way. But that's not what it's all about. So when you look at these guys and them screaming and crying and complaining... And they came across and made some statements, one of which was interesting. It said that that the real estate gurus make more money than by selling courses than they do by buying and selling real estate. I agree with that in many cases. That's not even, that one doesn't even hurt me. I think that's true. There's a lot of guys, there's an old saying, if you can't do it, teach it. And there's a lot of guys that don't like real estate because you have to know how to do it and you have to be good at it. But talking and being a guru... You don't have to be right about anything. I listen to guys on the radio all the time that get the facts wrong on just about everything. They have no idea what they're talking about, these two guys included. So when they sit there and they complain, that okay, well, these, these real estate guru guys are making more money from teaching than they are uh, from actually doing, I would suggest turn that mirror around for a second, guys. Are you buying and selling stocks and making yourself rich from that? I went and looked some of this stuff up just because I thought, you know, this, we're going to go down this road. Let's go down it, right? So I looked some of this stuff up on the Internet, and the first thing I found out was that 90% of all financial planners go out of business within the first three years. They go out of business. In other words, they're so bad. 90% of them are so bad. Now, by the way, I didn't make these numbers up. I looked it up on the Internet. If the Internet's lying to me, then by golly, I'm wrong. Okay? Could be. But what I looked up was what percentage of these people fail. 90% of them fail within the first three years. Now, how do you fail at doing nothing? How do you fail at teaching people where to put their money? And then I looked up another article about why they fail. And, man, there was about 10 or 15 (laughs) reasons why they fail, interestingly enough. And I think it was an article 
teaching financial planners about what not to do to fail. That's, I think, what the article was I was reading. But it was way not interesting enough to put on the radio because it's a job. Financial planning is a job. And I think that's what irritates these guys is that they're on the radio trying to tell people that I've got a job and you got a job and I well, my job is to take your money and invest it. It's not to take their money and invest it. It's to take your money and invest it and try to plan for your financial future. But it doesn't matter. I'm not here to put them down. That's not what I'm all about. What I'm about is to try to, to make you understand that there's people out there like these people, financial planners, who have a job. But their job dictates that they sell you concepts, and the concepts don't work. They don't make you rich, and they don't retire you. As I was reading this article about why these guys fail, they were saying one of the main reasons is that these guys are reactive and not proactive. So in other words, I grab you up and say, look, let's get out there and go make a million bucks. And they go, let's get out there and save some money. And when you've got some money, then I'll teach you how and where you should put it. And I'll help you plan on how to make that money be effective for you in the future. That's reactive. They're not telling you, come see me if you've got no money and I'll teach you how to make money. Financial planners also can't even conceive what we do because the median income for a financial planner is $87,000. Beginner ones make around $65,000. The top, top, top guys make about $140,000 a year. But that means they have no concept of making a million bucks a year or two million bucks a year or three, four, five million bucks a year. They have no concept of it. It just doesn't work in their brain. And so when they're thinking about how to replace your income, they're thinking about how to replace their income. And they're going, boy, I'm really successful because I'm making $87,000 a year. And if we could figure out how to create $87,000 a year worth of income, you'd be happy as can be. Yeah, of course you would. If you only made $87,000 a year. So again, there's another reason why they can't conceive. If I know how to make a million bucks or two million or three million or four million a year, and I'm trying to figure out what I make right now, I don't want to speculate on the radio because it's it could be way too low or way too high because it goes crazy sometimes. But let's just talk about the reality of it's definitely over a million bucks a year. Okay, so if you make over a million dollars a year, how can you talk to somebody that makes $100,000 a year and for them to even conceive that I can replace $100,000 a year like nothing? In fact, I'm going to close on a real estate deal by gosh or by golly by November. Supposed to be, I told you earlier in the radio show a couple weeks back that it was going to close in November. I'm sorry, in October, but it got pushed off. And so the final punch list and build out and everything and occupancy permit and everything will be done in November. So in early November, let's say 4th, 5th through 8th, something like that they're telling me, I'm going to close on another real estate deal. This real estate deal alone makes me $8,500 a month. One deal makes me $8,500 a month. Now, think about that. One deal, $8,500. Now, by the way, this is the seventh deal I've closed this year. (laughs) So just do some numbers in your head and play with it. And that's just this year. That's not the 30-plus years I've been doing this. Just play with those numbers in your head a little bit. And then think about what these guys can't tell you. They can't tell you how to make 
$100 in one deal. They have no, no concept of that. It, and that's a month. That's not a year, guys. That's 8500 a month. The other problem they have is that 99% of the people in this world don't use them. Most people don't use financial planners. Because whether you go stick your money in the stock market yourself, whether you actually follow and read articles about the stock market and about investing and stay on top of it and you're a little smarter than the average person, or you go give your money to a financial planner, they've actually had tests done. And I don't remember who did this. I wish I did because it would be a great quote to have. But there was a company that did a test where they took a monkey and they let a monkey pick stocks. They let a monkey pick stocks and they let the best financial planner they knew pick stocks. By the end of the year, there was no difference in their portfolio. They had made the same amount of money. I mean, it's just, it's insane. They just don't do anything except get paid to talk, to tell you what you don't know. If I were to teach a 10-year-old kid about 10 words, and that kid understood those 10 words, what they were, what an annuity is, what a retirement age is, what a, the year you have to start taking withdrawals from your IRAs because they're mandatory withdrawal periods. I could teach all that stuff that these financial planners know. I could teach it to them in probably a day or two. And then these kids could regurgitate back to you, these little 10, 12, 14-year-old kids could regurgitate back to you the realities and, and what you should do. Now, the interesting thing is, is that we've also taught that to young kids about real estate. But the difference is, by the time they're 20s, they're millionaires, which is another thing they talked about. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. you say to women out there, Kelly, if they're thinking about doing this, if they're sitting out there right now going, I'm trapped with a glass ceiling where I work. I know I can't go up any further. There's, there's no room there. What would you say to them about becoming their own boss? Well, you know, you can decide to stay where you're at and keep trying to crack that glass ceiling. But at the end of the day, in this environment, it is so easy you know, to be able to get out of that mold. People know me and they come up to me and they're very gracious and they don't look at me and say, oh, you're a woman, I'm not gonna invest with you, I'm gonna go over here. There's no real gender there. Are you ready to be part of a world where there are no glass ceilings, no gender bias, no limits? Start like award-winning real estate investor Kelly did with the online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're discussing um, the concept that I heard on a radio show, which was that there is no such thing as passive income, which I know is absolutely wrong. There is. I've got lots of it. But one of the things that I wanted to bring up was that they, they said 
and this was an interesting one. They were making fun of some kid that's a financial guru. I don't even know who the kid is. I've never even heard of him. But supposedly he's um, like 25 years old, and he's worth, like they said, $8 million, some number, whatever. And the other guy laughingly said, yeah, I'm sure if he's got $8 million, it's because his dad gave him 20. <laughs> I mean, like I said, these guys sound like they're little kids crying. Like, you took my baseball. You, I can't get ice cream I want, whatever, blah, 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 blah. It's really stupid. I want to tell you a story about a kid that is a real kid. He started Lifestyles at 18 years of age, and his dad said to him, so John, I have some money saved up for you. And, of course, he had brothers and sisters. He's got like eight of them, I think. He said, I got money saved up for you to send you to college. But I'm going to give you a choice. We can either start a business with that money, and you can learn how to own a business. And, by the way, his dad owns a business, so he's an entrepreneur, and he's given him an entrepreneurial option. Or you can go to college. And the kid decided he wanted to go ahead and start a business. So, you know, what do you want to do? And they had heard the radio show and they decided to come down and look into what we do here at Lifestyles. And they liked what they heard. And so they signed up and uh, the father took, you know, his money that he had saved for this kid's college thing. And they, they went and bought a rent house and they turned it around and flipped it and made some money with it. I don't know the exact amount. It's not, it's irrelevant. It's probably something like 20 or 30,000 bucks. And they just felt good about that. So then they went and they bought a small apartment complex. And the kid was was told that he needed to work in the complex, not on the business like we teach. But his dad wanted him to actually work in the business, go down there and be the manager of the apartment complex, lease units, order maintenance and supplies and take care of everything, do the accounting and bookkeeping and so forth. So he understood the business because his dad's a businessman. He understands you need to learn business. So this kid started this process at 18 by 19 or 20. He was into this apartment complex. And it happened right when the recession hit. I think, um, let's go backwards here. I think it's 2008. So we went through the recession. The kid got through the recession with the help of all the lifestyles experts and came out the other side and made a profit on the deal. And then he went from, I think it was like a 50-unit deal. Next deal he did was 200 and some. And the next deal he did, he brought, he brought partners in. He syndicated the deal. So let's just add up some years, 2008, 2009, 2010. He's now 30-some years old. And in this deal, he had his dad put money in and a bunch of other people put money in. They, he syndicated it. And in this deal, he made... Some ungodly money. I mean, I think he made like $3 million profit on this thing over the next couple of years. I know his dad made $800,000 profit for what he put into the deal. And that was it. The guy was a stud at that point. He was only 20-some years old. He's gone on since to buy like four or five apartment complexes, and he's worth millions of dollars. Well, these people were saying this 25-year-old kid could not be worth $8 million. Well, I saw a 25-year-old kid become worth $8 million. Now, by the way, he's 30-some years old now. He's also the president of the Houston Apartment Association. So at 30-some years of age, he's already that deep in the real estate world that he's the president of the Houston Apartment Association. And John's a heck of a kid, man. He's a heck of a kid. I call him a kid because he's in his 30s. I'm 65. But what I'm saying is these people could not even imagine, because they sounded they, they sounded young. They were probably in their 30s. They couldn't imagine a 25-year-old being worth millions of dollars because they can't imagine themselves being worth millions of dollars at any point in their life, specifically doing what they're doing. They just don't understand how to make money. You know, in real estate, when I first started, I was after cash flow. That was the most important thing to me. So that's all I really cared about, to make sure that I had cash flow, because I was trying to replace my earned income 
with this quote-unquote non-existent passive income, right? And so as I build up my passive income coming in from the cash flow, eventually I had covered my earned income and I quit my job working 12 hours a day, six days a week at a health club. Boy, that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because those were bad hours. Don't get me wrong. I love the health club and I love the health club business and I loved helping people get in shape. But man, 12 hours a day, six days a week was just too much. There was no life left at the end of that day. There's no life left at the end of the week. It was all gone. That's why, to me, it's not that I didn't call Lifestyles Unlimited the Del Wamsley Real Estate Guru course. I called it Lifestyles Unlimited because what it really meant to me was, hey, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle means something. It means you want your time back, man. And it takes money to do that. I get that. And you want to be able to do things, and that takes money. I get that. But you really just want your time back, right? That's what you really want. So I focused on cash flow. What I found was that the, the next level of understanding was we were creating capital gains because we can create capital gains in multiple ways in real estate. One of the ways is we buy stuff below what it's worth. I would buy stuff that was really worth a lot more than what I paid for it because people didn't know what to do with it. And if you have something you don't know what to do with it, then you don't know what it's really worth. You don't understand its true value. And so it's easier for someone that does know what you can do with it and knows its true worth to come in and negotiate a deal. That's harder and harder all the time now, by the way. And the reason for that is because people don't care about knowing what it's worth. They're just bidding. It's becoming almost like gambling. It's like, you know, I'll I'll bid the highest price. Houses are selling now for whatever anybody's stupid enough to pay for them. So that kind of of gain of just buying low and selling high is, is not as prevalent as it used to be. But there's still some deals where somebody doesn't realize the value of what they have, and they sell it, and you, you immediately have something worth more. Second way we gain value is by fixing things. And by fixing things, that allows us to increase the income. The value of an apartment complex is valued on its income. The value of a house is valued on its appraisal. And so if we make everything brand new, then the values go up on these things. We're proactive about making money. So how do we make money? One is cash flow and one is mortgage reduction. So you buy this apartment complex and let's take one of my larger ones and we're paying a payment every month, let's say of $200,000 a month. 50,000 of that 200,000 a month is mortgage reduction. That means my mortgage is going down by 600000 a year if it's fifty. yeah. So it's $600,000 a year. So I've made $600,000 I don't even see. I call that a forced savings account. My whole life I've called that in real estate the forced savings account. When I had over 100 houses, you know, those mortgages were paying off. They're all small, itty-bitty mortgages. I think, you know, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 the most I ever had on a house mortgage. And they were only paying off, you know, anywhere from $8, 9 $10 a piece. But you got 100 of them. And so you've got eighty dollars a month instead of eight or nine. So it's eight or nine or a hundred dollars a month. And they're paying those mortgages down. The farther you get into the mortgage, the larger the mortgage reduction is. So if I hold an apartment complex and I've held the average time I hold apartment complexes, when I hold them myself all by myself, it's about 15 years each. And then they get as old as I want. I care to deal with them. When I do them with other people, we typically have a five to seven year hold period. So there's a lot of mortgage reduction in these things, man, especially on the 15-year deals. So you've got money coming in from mortgage reduction. You just don't get to see it. Another way we make money is simply appreciation. When the cap rates go down, and that's what's happening right now. I bought an apartment complex. I, I, I told you a story the other day. 
it was a rerun. I was listening to my own radio show. It was a rerun. It was talking about when I first started trying to buy a Class A apartment complex that I had a hard time buying them because I would go in and they'd be wanting 103000 a door and I'd bid 103000 a door and somebody else would bid 105. And then finally... I got the guts up to bid 105, and somebody bid 106 or 107 on different deals. I mean, this went on for a year and a half until I got it. You're going to have to go aggressively buy one because they're in such high demand. Because you buy something brand new, there's no repairs for 10 years. I mean, it's just it's a cash cow. Money just rolls in the door. So that's why people are willing to pay more for them. And they're also easier to manage because people want to live in a Class A and not a Class C or D. So that's why I wanted to get into Class A. So I did that, and finally I figured it out, and I bought in, and I ended up paying, I think, 123000 120000 a door, something like that. I got to look it up to see. And I thought, man, whew, that was crazy. The same stuff in the same neighborhood, the same age as mine right now, is selling for $180,000 a door. And you're going, get out of here. That's what I'm saying. And people come to me, hey, Doug, you want to buy this? I go, how can I even mentally buy that when I paid 123 for the one right next door? And they're going, well, that's what it is now. And that's truly, that's what it's worth now. And back when I didn't buy for 104, 105, 106, I wish I would have when I ended up paying 123. So I'll probably hate myself for not paying 180. That's a cap rate change. That's where the same amount of income is worth more. And the cap rates, and that's the rate of return you make. If there's no leverage, that's what cap rate means. So if you take all the income and pay all your expenses, taxes, insurance, maintenance, repair, labor, you know, payroll, everything, you end up with a net operating income. That's your profit if there's no mortgage, okay? The return of the income to the cost of the property is called the cap rate. And so cap rates have gone from when I first started, 20%. They went down to 10, which has stayed there for a long time. They went to 8, stayed there for a long time. They went to 6, and then they went to 5 and now, my friends, there are sub four cap rates being sold out there. I mean, it just blows my mind. I bought in at like a five cap rate, and I think now they're selling for sub four cap rates. So the, the income is the value went up without, without any benefit or reason for me. Now, I also had forced depreciation because we took the income up. We got rid of a large amount of expenses. The guy that owned the property before me was a big, giant corporation, and he had multiple layers of management. Management company, then they had supervisors, then they had managers and assistant managers and part-time managers and blah, 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 blah. And by the time you pay all those people, the income was really low. I just got rid of all those people. That's it. I just put my wife in charge. I said, okay, you're now, you're now the property management company, the supervisor. I have a accountant, by the way, does all the accounting, so she didn't do the accounting. But you're the property manager, the supervisor, and the property manager, and this and that, whatever. And go hire yourself a couple girls to do the work. And she did, and put the girls to work, and they do all the work, and she talks to them on the phone. The cost went down. And actually, the service got better because you got somebody who cares. Instead of an employee and a, a company that's operating the business, you now have somebody who owns the business, operating the business, and cares. And so our income went up. Our expenses went down, and from the income going up, the expenses going down, the value went up, and we made money. Then there's the tax advantages of real estate. On average, from year to year, I get back from the federal government a tax return check of somewhere between $700 and $1.2 million. That's the tax return. Now, obviously, you have to pay taxes in, and I have all these companies that make money, and we pay taxes in. 
that are different, like a consulting company isn't real estate, so you pay taxes on that. And my real estate sales companies have to pay taxes. So we get those taxes back by owning them. Del Wamsley on how to live the lifestyle. I remember uh, a preacher one time, he took over a church. He started giving a sermon and everybody applauded the sermon, thought it was really good. They congratulated him, that's really a good sermon. Then the next Sunday, he gave the same sermon again. And they go, yeah, that's a really good sermon. And then the third week, he gave the same sermon again. Finally, the church elders pulled him aside one day and said, hey, do you realize you're giving the same sermon every day? You haven't changed it up in three weeks now. And he looks at them and says, yeah, and I'm gonna keep giving it until you guys get it. That's the way I feel sometimes. I feel like I've been giving the same sermon for 26 years. And some of you get it and bless your hearts and souls. Man, I'll tell you, like last night I spent some time with people. There's some great, great members of Lifestyles. I love them. And the accomplishments that they've made are incredible. But remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past your podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.